Welcome to the podcast arm of the Redeemed Christian Church of God, Peculiar People's Parish, based in Regina, Canada. Our mandate is pursuing His purpose, pronouncing His power, and proclaiming His praise. You can subscribe to our podcast channel today, so you never miss an episode of our podcasts. Be blessed by this teaching. Praise the Lord. I just want to thank God for what he has been doing since the beginning of this month. Um, It's been a wonderful time in his presence. And we've covered a lot on faith. Faith. Um, There is nothing I'm going to say here this morning that you have not heard before. Uh, So please, pardon me if if it sounds like repetition. But when we are connected in the spirit, there is no repetition. Um, there are always new revelations, new insights that God gives. And I pray that He will open our hearts to receive from Him this morning. This morning I'm going to be talking about a topic still on faith. But I'm going to be talking, looking closely at the other side of faith. So I titled this message this morning. The audacity of faith. The audacity of faith. I don't know how many people have read the book by former President Obama. The audacity of hope. Yeah, I can see a couple of hands here. So this morning we'll be looking at the audacity of faith. And I pray that technical will help me this morning. Thank you so much, sir. God bless you. You are the best. Um, This topic did not just come out of the blues. I've been meditating on this, and the Lord has been telling me that we need to look at what we actually call faith. Many of us, what we actually call faith is not just faith. It's the other side of faith. And if we are not careful, we will take this as the, as the gospel truth. And we will miss out in the real faith. Faith has nothing to do with the confidence we have in ourselves. It has nothing to do with our abilities. It has nothing to do with our intellect. In fact, if you can reason it out in your brain, then you don't need faith. One of the challenges in the developed world, especially in North America, is that there is this belief that government can provide everything I need for me. So why do I need to pray? Where does God come in? If I'm sick, I go to the hospital. If I don't have money, I have a credit card. I take money on credit. So where does God come in? So if you can rationalize it, if you can reason it out, then it is not faith. Sometimes we also accept what other people say. And I'll give you an example. When I was in high school, I used to have a a mathematics teacher. Our time is fast spent. Mrs. Harayeni was her name. 
And because I was struggling a bit with mathematics, she didn't like me. And she was implying that I would never amount to anything. And because I was so young, I took that as a gospel truth. And it affected my ability to pass maths. I struggled. Despite the fact I was in science class, I was doing hard maths. I was struggling because I lost that self-confidence. Because somebody was impressing it on me every time that because you don't know maths, you are not going to amount to anything. It took the grace of God for me to come out of it. And I not only came out of it, by the grace of God, I went on to read engineering. I tried to change to another course. I changed to pharmacy. I went to the former University of Ife before it became OAU. I changed to their pharmacy. Great Ife. I was there for two weeks, and I ran back when they started giving me all those, exactly, all those funny, funny sounding names, and I realized that I couldn't do anything without calculations. This was the same person that was told that you can't do anything, you can't know maths, and maths became one of my best subjects because I exercised faith. There is a difference between faith, F-A-T-E, and faith, F-A-I-T-H. Faith is what, in my local dialect, they call it Kadara. It is not Ayomo. Ayomo is destiny. People call you by one they want to call you. But that doesn't mean that is who you are. But the unfortunate thing in the spirit realm is that when they call you and you accept it, then you become it. Did you hear that? When they call you something and you accept it, you refuse to challenge it, then you become it. And that is why we need to move from the level of faith to the level of F-A-I-T-H. How loud is your faith? How audacious is your faith? I was looking at the meaning of audacious. And the dictionary said, it's something that is bold. When you are Daring, you are unconventional. When they tell you there is no way here, and you say, I will find a way here. That is what it means to be audacious. And when we say a faith is audacious, it's a faith that speaks, that people see. God has given to every man the same measure of faith. We have been taught that. Faith doesn't multiply in terms of numbers. It's not because I have two today, by tomorrow it's going to become four. That is not the way faith works. 
faith is only strengthened. It's like a muzzle. The more you use it, the more it is strengthened. I don't know how many people have been in that position. You were having headache or you were sick. And you said, this time around, I'm not going to go to the hospital. This headache and myself, we are going to settle it. And you lay your hands upon your head and you tell this headache as if you are telling someone, get out of my body right now in the name of Jesus. And what will happen? What will happen, church? No. It increases. No, it doesn't leave immediately. In fact, it will challenge your faith. That is when it increases. And you will be wondering, am I doing the right thing? I better go to the hospital so that I don't kill myself. This is not about not going to the hospital. I go to the hospital regularly. In fact, I use medication. So I'm not saying you shouldn't go to the hospital. What I'm saying is that when you use your faith and it works, it gives you an incentive to try it again. And the more you try it, the more confidence you have that this thing works. And then you move from the level of headache to the level of cancer, to the level of waking the dead. We can do it. The people that did it in the past, they didn't have two heads. In fact, we are under a better covenant than all those Old Testament patriarchs. But we need to be exercising our faith. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. The concept of divine sovereignty versus human responsibility says that his plan will always happen, irrespective of what I do. That is what faith says. I don't need to make any effort. Because there is this concept of predestination. That there is a balance we use. What will be, will be. That's not for Christians. What will be, will not be if you challenge it. If you refuse to challenge it, so be it. But if you challenge it, what will be, will not be. And I'm a living testimony. I'm telling you from experience. When I came to Canada, when we were in Jesus' house, I was told, even by brethren in the church, that these are all your certifications from Nigeria, they will not accept it here, that this is Canada. And the moment that brother said it in church that morning, I replied immediately. I said, if they did not accept anybody's own, they will accept my own. And it was like pride. He was looking at me and said, what's wrong with you? Uh, we are telling you what has been happening. You are coming, you are just coming and you are saying, this is what happens here. They don't accept it. I said, I will accept my own. Thankfully, I don't know how many people know Professor Deshi here. He was there a couple of, he was on the board of Apex then. I don't know if he's still there now. Association of Professional Engineers in, and Geoscientists in Saskatchewan. He was on their board. And I applied. And as God will have it, they assigned my file to the worst person on that panel. A Chinese professor. And when they did that, Professor Deshi called me that you better go and start praying. <laughs> that everybody knows this man. 
He won't give it to you if you don't pray. And I went on my knees. I said, God, I've testified about your faithfulness. You will touch the heart of this man. To cut the long story short, I got it. I didn't write any exam. I didn't do any course at U of S. I got it. Just because I refuse to accept the norm. If you cannot break out of the norm, if you continue to accept what people say, then you are going to remain in your condition. I'm not cursing. That's just the way it works in the spiritual realm. The day you rise up and say enough is enough, Satan will listen to you. I pray the Lord will help us in Jesus' mighty name. I have a couple of slides to go through, but there is one thing that God has me that we should do today, and that's what I'm going to lay emphasis on, and that's we are going to pray. And I sincerely hope that at least we'll have five, ten minutes to pray. The concept of predestination, just like prophecy, can be challenged. If you receive a prophecy and you do nothing about it, it will remain a prophecy, just like predestination. I don't know how many people actually have received prophecies from great men of God and nothing happened. Prophecy can fail, but your faith will not fail. I don't know how many people have heard the story of two young men who went to, I think they went to a prophet or so, and one was told that he was going to be rich and become the king, and the other one was told that he was going to be poor. And the one that was told that he was going to be rich, he started rejoicing jumping up and down. He didn't do anything. And after some time, there was a famine in that land. The one that was told I was going to be poor, he went to the bush. He started farming. He became a big-time farmer. He became rich. And when the famine hit the city, they came looking for him. And they brought him to the city and made him the king. And the one that received the prophecy that I was going to be rich, he remained poor. What happened? Was the prophecy false? No. Some of us, we believe in predestination. We believe in what will be, we be. That is not a mantra of Christians. Every day of our life, when we wake up, we challenge the status quo. If they say, Nobody has ever become it, or nobody has ever been in that position in your family. Do you tell them, my own is different? Don't accept the norm. Don't accept the norm. That's my message for us this morning. Even if you don't learn anything, learn how to challenge the status quo. In your place of work, in your health, in your finances, Learn how to challenge the status quo. We've had so many testimonies here this morning. If these people are just sat back and accepted that my condition will not change, it will not change. You have to step out in faith, and the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. 
don't accept your fate. I'm on the fourth slide now. The final outcome of events in your life depends on how much you can put your faith to work. You know, irrespective of what people have said about you, your final outcome depends on how much you can put your faith to work. That is the essence of a living faith. A living faith is not the one that multiplies from two to four. It's the one that you put to work, the one that you exact. Make a conscious decision not to accept no for a answer without checking with God. I love Canadian children. I'm not talking about people like us who are brought from. When they tell you, sit down there, what do you do? But the Canadian children, they will ask you why. Why do I need to sit down there? Why are you telling me to do this? And if you don't have a good explanation, God help you. Because they've been trained to challenge situations. We've been trained to be docile to our parents. Not being rude, but you have to know the reason why you are asking me to do this. When I first came into my profession and I was working in the city of Saskatoon, one of the first problems I had with the workers then, because I was a health and safety superintendent for three branches, parks, facilities, and vehicle and equipment. And because we have these people who had worked in the city for 30 years, for 35 years, when you ask them that, look, you have to change from what you're doing because it's not right, it's not safe, they will ask you, why? I've been doing it for 30 years. Why, why are you telling me? Nothing has happened, I've been doing it for 30 years. Why are you now coming with all this your stuff and telling me that I have to do it otherwise? Why? And then you have to provide explanation. The same thing works in the spirit realm. People are saying it doesn't work. Why doesn't it work? If it doesn't work for the others, it will work for me. That's the attitude we should have. The truth is, nothing is unchangeable in the spirit realm. Nothing is unchangeable. Even God, when he speaks, he can change his mind. If you don't believe me, go and check with King Ezekiah. Even God, when he says, you are going to die, I say, ah, Baba, I can't die now. And you present your case. So even if God can change his mind, uh -uh, what situation, what circumstances cannot be changed? Luke one thirty seven says, with God, nothing shall be impossible. Nothing with God. Nothing shall be impossible. I'm just rushing through this slide because I really want us to pray. And I, I have um, very limited time. Faith never knows where it is being led, but it loves and knows the one who is leading it. Faith never knows where it is being led. I'm on the concept of faith versus faith. But it loves and knows the one who is leading it. Abraham was asked to 
leave his country and kindred for a promised land that was not revealed to him from the onset. He just stepped out in faith. Faith is the willingness to risk everything and anything on God. We all know the story of the three Hebrew children. They said, King, we don't need to think about this. We've already made up our mind. We are not going to obey you. The God that we serve will deliver us. But peradventure, because he's still God and he's sovereign, even if he doesn't deliver us, we're still not going to bow down to you. That is faith. Faith catches God's attention because faith screams, I can't do it, Lord, but I know you can. That's what faith does. Faith says, I know you can't do it by your power, but I, God, can do it and I will do it for you. That is the portion of somebody in this house today in the name of Jesus. Faith looks not at what happens to him, but at him, at him whom he believes. Esther defied the potential of a sure death by approaching the king uninvited. She told them, if I perish, I perish. Brethren, when we read these stories, we think it's easy. In those days, the kings were like God. Whatever they say is final. For you to approach a king uninvited is an invitation to a sure death. But Esther did it because she exercised her faith. And we all know the story. Faith can be weakened, resulting in fatigue and discouragement. We all know the story of Elijah. After his exploit on Mount Carmel, the following chapter of the, um, of the Bible, in 1 Kings 19, verses 1 to 4, the same Elijah that challenged the prophet of Baal on Mount Carmel, he was now running away from Jezebel to the extent, uh, to the extent that he was even suicidal, asking God to kill him. And that was why I said, if you pray, in faith, be ready to die there because Satan will challenge your faith. If you have not received what you are praying about, don't stop. So quickly, I'll look at those who have challenged the status quo. They, I'll look at a couple of case studies, the heroes of faith. Those who did not take no for an answer. The first case study is the five daughters of Zelophehad. That story is in Numbers 27, 1 to 11. They went to Moses and said, look, because our father did not have a son, does not mean that we are going to go without anything. Do something about it. The law in Israel is that only sons inherit the land. But they challenged that. They went to Moses. Moses took their petition to God. And because of that, that law was changed. Because of someone sitting here this morning, protocols will be broken for you in the name of Jesus. I don't know how many people have heard of this woman. She's late now. 
Her name is Rosa Park. Rosa Park. How many people remember the Montgomery bus boycott? How many people have read about it? Thank you, sir. Rosa Park was, you know, in Montgomery, Alabama, in those days, before 1955, people like you and I, when we enter a bus, we just pay at the front, we pay the driver, and then we come back, we come out, and then we go to the back door and enter to the back. When a white man comes in, you will give your seat, you stand up, and you give it to the white man. That was the law then. Blacks were not only second class, they were also second rated. But this lady, this woman, she challenged that. On a fateful day in 1955, she entered the bus as usual, she paid, and she was told to go to the back. She sat down, but she refused to give up her seat to a white man. And because of that, they took her to jail. She lost her job. But that was the beginning of the boys' boycott of 1955. And that law was changed because of the effort of a single person. And she was described as the first lady of civil rights in the US. My brethren, we can change the laws. I'm going to skip the rest of the slides because I want us to pray. Please, if you don't mind, let's spend two or three minutes just on our feet as we pray. We have had so many things about faith. I want us to pray in faith in these next few minutes. Please don't look at me. I'm standing here, but I'm not standing alone. There is a grace upon this house. And I'm connecting to that grace this morning. The first prayer we are going to pray is, Father, every challenging situation in my life that is wasting my faith, by your mercy, remove this morning in the name of Jesus. My Father, my God, eternal King of glory, every situation in my life that is making a mockery of my faith, Father, by your grace, I come against it this morning in the name of Jesus. I stand upon the authority in the name of Jesus. I stand upon the rock that is Jesus Christ. I hide behind the cross at Calvary. I dip my mouth into the blood that flow from the side of Jesus. And I declare and decree this morning, every situation that is mocking my faith, I command you to bow to the name of Jesus this morning. Bow to the name of Jesus. I connect my faith with the faith of the brethren in this house. And under this corporate anointing, I declare this morning, Every situation that is making a mockery of our faith, bow to the name of the Lord right now. So shall it be. In Jesus' mighty name we are prayed. We are going to pray. One of the killers of faith is unbelief.
We, one moment we are excited, the next moment unbelief will set in. We are going to pray this morning. Every yoke of unbelief in my life, I command it to be broken right now. In the name of Jesus, every yoke of unbelief, every yoke of doubt upon my life, I command you to be broken right now. In the name of Jesus, be broken right now. In the name of Jesus, every yoke of doubt, every yoke of unbelief, hear the word of the Lord. Be broken right now. In the name of Jesus, I use the authority in the name that is above every other name. And I command every yoke of doubt, every yoke of unbelief, I send you out of my life. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. We are going to pray because we know Proverbs 13, verse 12. We know what it says. Hope deferred. Make it the heart to be what? To be sick. We are going to pray. Every expectation, every of my expectation, every of my heart desire that is being delayed manifest right now. In the name of Jesus, every of my expectations, every of my desire that is being delayed, I command you in the name that is above every other name. Manifest right now. In the name of Jesus, I stand in the office of the apostle. I stand in the office of a prophet. And I declare this morning by the power in the blood of Jesus and the authority in the name that is above every other name. I use that authority and I declare this morning every of our expectations, every of our desire that is being delayed, hear the word of the Lord. I command you this morning for as many people as that are connecting faith, manifest by fire in the name of Jesus. Manifest right now in the name of Jesus. Manifest right now. In the name of Jesus. Masukali Malikaya. Ribaba Masuntori Malikandali Prasende. In Jesus' mighty name we are prayed. Sometimes we find ourselves in a situation that our faith will shake. It happens to everybody. We are going to pray this morning. Father, I believe you. Please help my unbelief. In the name of Jesus. Father, I believe, O oh Lord. Please help my unbelief. Strengthen my faith this morning. In the name of Jesus. My Father, my God. I pray this morning. I believe you, O oh Lord. Strengthen my unbelief. In the name of Jesus. Concerning the house of Peculiar People's Parish and those that are connected to us, Father, we pray this morning. We believe, O oh Lord. Help our unbelief. Help our unbelief. Help our unbelief. Lord, help our unbelief. So shall it be. In Jesus' mighty name we are prayed. Everlasting Father, we worship you. King of glory will lift your name on high. Father, as we have prayed this morning, O Lord, let the heavens be opened unto us. In the name of Jesus. My Father, my God, today is the last day in this month of July. For everyone that has seen this last day, 
We will see the last day of this year in the name of Jesus. No evil shall befall any of us. Every expectation of the wicked concerning us, my Father, my God, will nullify this morning in the name of Jesus. None of us shall die. We shall not die before our time in the name of Jesus. Father, at the end of everything, when your trumpet shall sound, Father, when the roll is called in yonder, we will not be found missing, O Lord. Thank you, everlasting Father. Blessed be your holy name. For in Jesus' mighty name we are prayed. Amen. We hope you were blessed by that teaching. For further inquiries, please visit our website, www.rccgppp.org. You can also check us on Facebook and on YouTube at rccgpppsk, on Instagram and Twitter at rccgppp. If you are within the city of Regina, Canada, you can join us in person at 1771 Bond Street, S4N, 1X7 for a refreshing time in God's presence.